0: This is Solar Spotlight, a special edition of the Contractor's Corner podcast from Solar Power World. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Solar Spotlight. I'm Billy Lute, Senior Editor of Solar Power World. With the enactment of the Inflation Reduction Act and its new offerings and tax incentives for solar projects, contractor collaboration and value engineering have become critical components for creating or selling viable solar projects. MBRC Construction specializes in solar carport installation across a range of applications and building types. Today, we're joined by MBRC's VP of Business Development, Eric Krivakopic, and Eastern Division Manager, Bobby Bonfanti, to discuss what the company offers as a partner to solar developers and EPC contractors. So Bobby, Eric,
1: welcome to the show. Thank you. We're excited to be on. Thanks for having us.
0: Now, with the recent one-year anniversary of the IRA incentives, how has that changed or shaped the carport industry for MBARC and its clients?
1: Well, you know, uh, I'll, I'll start uh, first. This is Eric. Again, thanks for having us on. We're really excited. Another shot at this. We like to do these shows and we've, we get a lot of great exposure. So thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. I'll introduce you to the world of carport subcontractor. The IRA was, was really a blessing and a curse all at the same time. It's incredible that the government wanted to subsidize solar, um, and it's exciting for our industry, obviously. But it did put a put a put a stop to a lot of our projects that were currently in process and design. It froze everything, so that we had to figure out how to qualify for these incentives with our clients. So six eight months of of dead times, we figured out what did the government just do? Right, it's a great thing, but how do we figure out how to qualify for these incentives? Uh, to make our clients. Projects pencil a lot better, right? I mean, these things were were sitting on the shelf for six months, and they didn't have any explanation as to what they had just passed. So uh, it was an exciting time, but it was a little bit scary too as we tried to work our way through qualifying uh, for these jobs. Which you know, after all it's said and done, we qualified for them anyway. So, Bobby, I know you want to add quite a bit of color to this one.
2: Yeah, with uh, like things like prevailing wage documents. I mean, just recently, what a day ago we get another you know grasp of changes to the requirements or more information. So this is kind of an ever evolving and changing, you know, situation. So we we dig deep into the weeds of what does this mean for our business? What does this mean for our clients? How can we help? You know, with a, a huge experience in prevailing wage, we know how to do this research to find the right information of what we've got to provide for documentation. Like Eric said, you know, we we meet a lot of these requirements right off the, uh, the bat, like things like buy American products. Um, you know, we use made and melted materials. Uh, so that helps us just give the assurance to know that we're going to do everything in the effort to increase the value of the project by, by helping in those areas.
1: Yeah, I you know one of the things that this really did was it made, made it that much more important for us to be involved early on projects so that we could really bring value in the engineering and make these projects pencil and make these things make sense for our clients. But it was about planning, right. And, and procurement and, you know, by this buy American act and how do we strategize on, on large, large procurement and qualify and give the right documentation for these jobs to to move forward and put our client in the best spot to uh, make the most money. Right. So,
2: yeah, like Eric said, the documentation is what's important. A lot of this falls on the, the, the tax portion of call out of a client where it might not even be the EPC contractor or the developer who actually submits that documentation for the end user, it falls on a, uh, you know, an accountant or tax responsibility. So we've got to just try and provide as much information uh, as possible. And And like Eric said, the planning aspect of this is being involved in the beginning to help strategize on the projects is really important
0: with an influx of new solar companies in different regions are you seeing challenges with early client engagement
1: that's a, that's a great question what's so what's so cool is how huge the solar industry has become right i mean in the last 10 years it's grown 25% and really it's going to quadruple in the next 10 right so there's a huge opportunity for uh, groups like ours to be an answer for our clients. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of new people that go into the industry because there's a lot of opportunity, right. And it creates its own set of challenges. So Bobby, you want to, you want to add something?
2: Yeah. Like uh, hearing States like Massachusetts have, you know, changed from being 15th to 11th in the United States in solar energy growth, right. Showed us that there's opportunities outside of the typical markets and, and we want to expand into new working areas. And so, you know, a lot of our existing clients asked us to go look into different markets, but we've also had an influx of new clients coming to us with opportunities saying, hey, we're new to the carport industry. How do we build these in Vermont? How do we build these in Maine? You know, and, and really dig deep into communication with these new clients as to what they're up against or what are the challenges and how we approach carport projects in different
1: regions. You know, One of the things uh, that was a a unique perception for MRC in particular was we were a California-based group. And with California being our, our home base, everybody thought we didn't work in Massachusetts or Rhode Island or Connecticut or Florida. And so that was a unique perception that we had to overcome internally. I mean, we knew we could perform the work. It wasn't an issue. It was just how do our clients see where we bring value if we're based out of California? So The way we did that was, you know, we made our offering available on the East Coast and and bought a location in Massachusetts. We hired Massachusetts and Connecticut employees and Pennsylvania employees. Bobby uh, uh, created our Eastern division, which dedicated these resources to an Eastern group. So now we're nationwide and we can service anywhere with the same high quality service that we've had for years on the West Coast. We now have that same high quality service on the East Coast with East Coast based employees. And Bobby's from Massachusetts. So...
2: Yeah, that that was a natural fit for me to kind of help on the eastern division. Is just knowing the area, knowing the region, knowing what you're up against for challenges. But it's it's also unique that people think California like this sunny market just always you know sunshine. And I go, I don't, I don't, I didn't realize it from the beginning either that you have areas in California that received more snowfall than places like the Northeast last year. So it's just unique that in California, the market that we are so big in, we experience all of these challenges that even happen in other regions. So it's it's been fun to work with new clients that uh, I can teach what separates us from others, our longevity in the industry, and just how we can be a strategic partner on these.
1: You know, and one of the one of the things that has really, really helped with being a California-based company and then getting into the Northeast is it's made us really think outside the box on unique challenges and complex projects that typically wouldn't have been thought of before. I mean, we've dealt with every scenario from 50-pound to 100-pound snow loads in Big Bear. And, and you know, you go out east and we're working on large universities uh, that need uh, an all-encompassing solution like water management and snow management. And we're familiar with all that stuff now. We think outside the box uh, on how to solve those problems.
2: It's crazy to say that maybe even COVID helped us through some of this where, you went to so many Teams meetings uh, instead of being face-to-face. We were, we we're such a, a big advocate for face-to-face meetings, but I think everybody's gotten comfortable with Teams meetings where now we do a lot of screen shares just to walk them through our approach on projects, uh, give them insight on how we don't want to just be another bidder to a project. We want to be a solutions provider and a partner and just strategize for all efforts. One of the additional things that we do with new clients is really talk to them about our construction efforts being self-performed by MBARC workers. Uh, of course, we do still have some subcontractors on site with us, but these are employees that are trained and evaluated through MBARC to ensure that we have quality and safety measures that our, our clients obviously want on their projects.
0: What does value engineering mean to MBARC and why should this be
2: important to clients? Value engineering to us kind of is, it's a team approach for us, right? It, it, begins in the development phase of a project. We try and prioritize transparency in our bidding approach and our bidding assumptions. But then as it moves into the the design phase, we really are trying to integrate materials, uh, strategic methods of construction without sacrificing quality and safety, right? That's really important for us, some of our, our core values. So we collaborate with all team members, internal and external, and just making sure that we have the best construction approach on a project. And really the benefit is by helping reduce costs and streamline coordination and scheduling.
1: And I mean, those, those reoccurring meetings that we have are extremely important to give exposure to the client on some of the hurdles that, that we're gonna face as a team. And we own that as a team and we're a resource for them to get through those those hurdles. And so that that strict agenda that we follow weekly or biweekly, depending on where the project is in its process, it really comes down to how does each person in that team take ownership of different challenges, right? I mean, from procurement to pre-construction, which a lot of the, a lot of these jobs win or, win or die based on the pre-construction process and how well it was planned out, you know? So, and it's really helped us get through some challenging projects and you know, the client can see some of the hurdles that we face as a subcontractor, but also we can highlight some of the experience that we had uh, for projects in the past where we said, this is how we handled it in the past. So, Bobby's done a great job with that in the Massachusetts group.
0: What are some of the unique and challenging projects that MBARC has faced recently?
2: We've got some projects where the normal rooftop, basically the the normal roof mount structure. uh, We've had others that now have a, call it new building construction, six-story building that has an elevated structure at the top of it, eight to 10 feet above called the roof parapet that we would design and engineer individual racking to attach to that steel structure. So the coordination effort between just a a normal building and then adding solar component that extends past the edges of the building, right? It's not normal to see that on a On a roof mount typically you're four feet from the parapet walls but the challenges of coordinating with actual construction of a building integrating solar into a steel structure that's elevated above a roof parapet comes with you know major safety concerns but then really tight tolerances the building isn't always level at that you know juncture of the the structure so shooting elevations of all the locations and coordinating the racking to be flown into place uh, with the crane so just really strategic on the front end of developing what's the best product. How do we mitigate risk and get the results from a large, you know, large university in the Midwest, but it's, but it's fun. It allows us to use our knowledge of our industry and our our performance that we've, that we've been a part of for such a long time that we, we can give our insight as to what makes a project easier to complete.
1: Yeah. No, something to add to that too is, you know, with new construction and, and the solar requirement, a lot of times these con- these builders don't know how to approach solar in general, right? So it, it's a unique challenge in itself to to be building with a builder that doesn't. It's almost like you're the you're the asphalt guy. You're the last guy in, right? They don't, they don't think about what it looks like to put solar into these projects, and it becomes a different type of challenge, right? That that we've all Gotten used to over the last couple of years, this IRA has really brought to light what uh, how important solar really is to what we're all trying to do. So one of the other unique challenges we have is specifically in 2022 was you know this IRA came out and all these projects stalled for six to eight months, and the next thing you know they got they got to get incentives that are recognized by the end of the year, right? So we had to we were in pre-construction and design for for months and months trying to plan these things out, and then they had to go quick. Right, and they had to. We wanted our clients to be able to pencil these in before the end of 2022, so they could get their incentives and and get get these jobs back to life and and recognize that value. And in another uh, unique aspect of this was seeing old jobs that they bid, you know, a year and a half ago that didn't quite pencil. Now they're revisiting these jobs, and they're all real, and they're all they're all working. And so we had an influx of estimates uh, internally where we had to manage a, a workflow that was unusually large as they figured out how to make these jobs pencil. And, and, you know, one of the benefits of that is now these jobs are all penciling and, and works really kicked off since then.
2: Yeah. I mean, some other challenges that we face are just uh, the projects moving from either a non-prevailing wage project to prevailing wage through the IRA, you know, projects over a megawatt moving to prevailing wage change the financial component of the project. So we looked at things to value engineer, you know, once again, and just, really kind of hone in uh, where we can de-risk a project. So strategizing different foundation types. Foundations are probably one of the the biggest risk components of a carport. So utilizing different methods of construction for that. And and we've really started to work on some unique instances. It's just not the normal pure foundation or spread footing anymore. There's other opportunities out there to utilize uh, materials that, that help get rid of risk of contaminated soils, soft soils, Water, uh, because those types of things add costs with an unknown factor. It's not something that's always factored into the initial price. So, we want to really work on the front end of that value engineering to to develop what can we do to help not encounter additional costs through the construction phase too.
0: Well, thank you for taking the time to be here, guys. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, thanks again for having us. We're excited. I want to hear from a lot of our clients and people that are interested and do a business with MRC and how we approach a project. So please feel free to reach out to us at MRC online, or you could submit a quote request at, estimating at mrconline.com. And if you play your cards right, see us at RE plus booth 330, and we'll be handing out autographs. We'll sign some squishies for you guys or something.
2: Yeah, appreciate being here and really enjoy the, the communication with all of our clients and just working with people to help develop better profits.
0: And I'm Billy Lee with Solar Power World.